I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say this or not, but I'm beginning to think that J.R.R. Tolkien might have had some kind of connection to Christianity. I'm also even less sure if I'm allowed to say this, but uh, I'm enjoying the Rings of Power Amazon series. For some bizarre and problematic reasons, folks have been upset with this show since the cast was revealed, but it's a pretty good show, especially if you're a fan of The Lord of the Rings or just high fantasy in general. One of my favorite aspects of the best works of fantastic storytelling is that the audience already knows how things are gonna end up. We know that the prince and princess end up happily ever after. We know that Anakin will become Darth Vader until conquering the dark side for his children, even if it costs him an arm and a charred leg. We know that those darn hobbits will climb the mountain and the ring will eventually make it into that lava defeating Sauron. So why do we need the prequel story? Why is it worth our time when we know where things are going to be ending up. Well, believe it or not, this is a familiar issue to Christians. What do we do now that Jesus came, died, rose, and is going to come again? Let's talk about it. Folks, welcome to Checkpoint Church, where nerds, geeks, and gamers come together to talk about faith, games, and a strong desire to be part of the dwarf kingdom. How cool did that look? Please adopt me, Duran. Aye, and that's how it starts. I am your nerd pastor, Nate, and if you like these weekly deep dives, be sure to sub, hit that bell, and find out when our next one drops. Folks, we're going to be having a level two member read our scripture for today, so I'm going to pass it off to Trombone Dalek, also known as Grace, who will be presenting John chapter 21, verses 15 through 19 for us. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. As usual, let's start with a primer. What even is The Rings of Power? Well, The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power is a fantasy television series based on the novel Lord of the Rings and its appendices by J.R.R. Tolkien, mostly the appendix stuff, really. The series is set in the second age of Middle-earth, thousands of years before The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. The story starts during a time of pretty relative peace and covers kind of all these major events of the second age, where we see the forging of the Rings of Power, the rise of Sauron, and the fall of the island kingdom of Numenor and the Alliance of Elves and Men. These events take place over thousands of years in the original stories, but are seemingly being condensed for this series. But the question still remains, why even bother telling these stories? What's the point of literally making a series out of appendix notes? Well, the obvious answer is that Tolkien is a hallmark of creativity. There's enough of a cult following for the series to at least garner enough interest to maybe make it go viral. But on a more metaphysical level, 
Why would Tolkien have gone to the effort of telling these stories? Why flesh out so much of the just banal behind the scenes stuff? Well, before I dive into that, I wanna recommend the Tolkien work on fairy stories to everyone who can tolerate reading because that's most of what I'm getting into here. For Tolkien, the fantasy story is something set apart. It deserves its own subgenre in fiction. Some of his contemporaries might've been H.G. Wells, who was writing science fiction, or Mary Shelley, who was writing gothic fiction. But Tolkien and C.S. Lewis had stumbled into another form of story, the fairy story. There were a few hallmarks that he notes well in the aforementioned on fairy stories, but I want to touch on just two here. First off, it's important that the fairy story be grounded in realism. Now, that's not to say that it is realistic or true to life. It's not like you're going to walk down the street and see a literal elf. It's fantasy through and through, but it is connected to the truths that we know and understand here on Earth. Trees are important. Ground is important. Earth is vital. The fairy story must at least be capable of truth. Unlike video games, which often ask for a vast suspension of disbelief, the fairy story really only asks for a little bit of your skepticism to be turned off. It should be believable. Second, the fairy story is headed towards a you catastrophe. Now, this is a term that Tolkien coined that is literally a you or good catastrophe. As an example of what this means, because it's easier to honestly just tell you than try to explain the definition, consider the ending of The Lord of the Rings, which spoilers, I guess, if you've somehow avoided Lord of the Rings. Despite the fact that victory seems pretty well guaranteed for the big bad Sauron, the One Ring ends up being destroyed as a result of Gollum's character carelessness after attacking Frodo on Mount Doom. Frodo fails his impossible quest at the very end, claiming the ring for himself. However, at the exact moment that that happens, Gollum suddenly appears, steals the ring, and in his ecstatic gloating, ironically falls into the fire. If not for Frodo's previous mercy in sparing Gollum's life, which was honestly a pretty big risk because Gollum is Gollum. We swears to you. And if not for the ring's own corruptive influence on Gollum, then odds are Sauron would have claimed it and everything would have been given unto evil. But somehow, magically, mystically, morally, evil is inadvertently and unforeseeably defeated through a small act of kindness that happened a long time ago. So the end of the story isn't actually where we've been heading all along. For the fairy story, just knowing the ending isn't really the point. It's the trials and the challenges that lie in between the start of the story and where things end up. With this in mind, let's take a quick journey into our scripture for today. This passage of scripture captures a conversation between a resurrected Jesus and Simon Peter, who will go on to form the foundation of the first church. Jesus asks Peter when they are off alone, Peter, do you love me? And Peter's like, yeah, Jesus, yes, of course, you know this. Come on, of course I love you. And then Jesus says, well, feed my lambs. And then Jesus asks a second time, hey, Peter, do you love me? Peter responds accordingly and is like, yeah, of course. Jesus says, well, hey, tend my sheep. And then in the same sitting, Jesus asks again a third time, do you love me? Peter is grieved at this and says, Lord, you know this. Come on. Of course, I love you. Then Jesus responds, feed my sheep. Then Jesus recounts the life of a well-lived person, a journey from being a child to dressing oneself to being dressed by another. And then Jesus says, follow me. What is going on here? The precedent for the disciples up until this point has been this understanding that Jesus is bringing the kingdom of God with him. There's this sort of expectation that they're going to be seated at the right hand of Jesus like 
tomorrow. But Jesus reveals a new kind of old truth. We like to call it eschatology. Jesus brought with his death a conquering of sin, but that doesn't mean that everything is hunky-dory. The kingdom of God that Jesus brought is all at once here and still arriving as we, the modern disciples, continue to share the gospel. In this way, it's what we like to call a now and not yet situation. The kingdom is now, but also still to come. It's not a perfect parallel, but this is kind of familiar to the eucatastrophe of Tolkien. The end is known. We know how things are going to end up. Sin has been defeated, but a whole lot can happen between now and then, good things and bad things. On one hand, friendships can be made, potatoes can be had, and second breakfasts can be shared. But on the other hand, loved ones can die. Kingdoms can fall, wars can be waged, and friends can be betrayed. Just because the eschatological ending is ahead doesn't mean we ought to drop our guard in the here and now. This is what Peter is being told. There are still plenty of days ahead for Peter, to the point he will be so old that others will have to dress him. But if he loves Jesus, like really loves Jesus then he has a job to do in the meantime. A lot can go wrong between the now and the not yet. And so Jesus tells Peter, care for my sheep, feed my sheep, feed those who are to come. This is the obligation of those in the in-between spaces to care for the church to come, to share the gospel, to care for the sick and the needy, the orphan, the widow, the enslaved, the downtrodden. We are to feed the sheep and the lambs. With that in mind, what does this mean for us? today? Well, I'll ask again, what's the point of a story like the Rings of Power? Why would Tolkien bother with all the lore in those appendices? Because the in-between times matter. The lives and loves lost, the good times had, the friendships broken and restored, those people, they matter. Their stories are worth being told. And you, you are an integral part of the appendix of the greatest story ever told. In the story of a savior, who took on flesh, was betrayed, crucified, and rose again, you're in that storybook. Your story matters to the overall story being told. Tolkien and the scriptwriter for Rings of Powers could have skipped the story of Galadriel or Durin or the stranger, but they didn't. And God didn't pass you over either. God loves you personally. We love you personally. We believe that you, specifically you, matter. So if you've never heard that before, that is a failing on the part of the church. But if you're in the church, it's now your chance to let the next person know that they matter to the grand story of God, that they are a part of the appendices of this epic story. So whether you're a Harfoot, a Hobbit, or just have a hankering for grapes, know that you're always welcome here at Checkpoint Church. But really, you don't have to eat them like that. Folks, thank you so much for watching this video. I so appreciate you taking time out of your day to join us on these weekly nerdy deep dives. If you're wanting more of what Checkpoint Church has to offer, we are streaming on Twitch almost every single day of the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and every other Friday. We would love to welcome you over there if you want access to the schedule. All that stuff is going to be posted on our Discord, which is my second plug of this stream right here. If you want to join our Discord, that's where all the good stuff happens 24-7. We're always in community there, interacting, getting to know each other, answering questions of the day, finding out about schedule information. Information. I'm going to link both of those down in the description down below, but those are the places you need to be if you want more Checkpoint Church. Hey! 
quick question for you. How are you enjoying Rings of Power so far, and who is your favorite character? Let me know down in the comments down below. If it's not painfully obvious so far, I am particularly drawn to the Dwarf Durin. I don't know what it is. I just really like him. I, I've never been particular. Like, I've always liked the Dwarf characters, like Gimli's fine. All that stuff is great, but there is something about this one that I just am really drawn to. I don't know if it's because his feelings were hurt, right, the first time that we got to meet him, and so, like, my empath self is like, oh, I just want to take care of you and give you a hug. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but for some reason, Durin has my heart with this show so far, but we'll see where it goes from here. Folks, that's all we have for this video. We're gonna wrap this one up as we always do with our three things that we believe to true about every single one of you out there. Number one, we believe that God loves you, like really, really loves you. Number two, we love you. We want community with you. That's what we're doing here on YouTube, Twitch, and Discord. Number three, we believe that you, yes, you matter. You are a person of sacred worth. The world is a better place, why? Because you are in it. You are in this appendices of the greatest story ever told. You are in the appendix. You are in this important story. God wrote you in specifically. Specifically, personally, individually, you, you matter. Folks, with that and until the next time that I see you, whether it be over on our Twitch or on our Discord or back here, same time, same place, next Sunday at 10 o'clock for another of these nerdy sermon videos. Whatever that may be, I look forward to seeing you then. Until then, bye-bye! It's a wonderful life for a new generation. Stop. Stop. Stop right now. Stop it right now. Are you kidding me? Are you joking with me right now? I'm losing my mind. When? When? When am I getting this? When am I getting this game? This is my favorite game ever made, you guys. Do you understand? This is my favorite game ever made. I, I, I'm...